0: Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our weekly message. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. To connect with our church family and to watch our live streams, please visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc. Let's go to Psalms 51. You gonna hang out with me? All right. It's good to have some friends here this morning with us. Mark and Emily came all the way from Ludoises, so give them a great God bless you. Um, Zach came all the way from Atlanta again, so give him a great God bless you. So he, uh, man, he he's moving. He moved here. I mean, how do you, this kid got a, I call him a kid. He's not a kid. He's a grown man. He's 28, but he moved here. So uh, excited to be what, uh, you know, what the Lord is doing. We got Chris, Pastor Chris Poston and his family here this morning. Give them a great God bless you. Um we got uh we got Steve here this morning, give him a great God bless you so um and we got you here in the Holy Ghost, so we're in good shape, amen, so he's the main important guest um <clears throat> catherine stepped out um <laughs> she told me uh I'm cut up. she she always gets mad when I say she told me, you know, or but she said, John, I've been worried about you. She because all you do is cry. Um, I just um uh... <clears throat> for me when I'm that like I'm like that, I feel the closest to the Lord. I don't know about anybody else, but I've just been on an exciting journey, really, the last uh, couple of months, and it's really started when, I don't know, uh, I've been mean, three months ago, Chris, when you come over and you said, you ever heard of this guy? <laughs> you know, everybody's got a guy that they're gleaning from, and, um, and so I, don't, I got where I don't listen to many podcasts, but I like to read, and so uh, it put me in some writings, and it's really just, uh, it's really just did a lot of amazing things inside of me. I want to preach. I've been preaching about the Father, unveiling the Father. I want to stay in that vein, but I want to get on a little side tributary right here this morning, and I want to bring this out of Psalms 51. Our planning center, for some reason, we're having a software issue. That's why the words wasn't on the screen this morning. We're slowly, slowly getting that fixed, and for those that are watching my live stream, are coming up here, um, we're... Um, you know, with the whole when we shut down for the COVID and we shut down with the kids, we made the best decision that we could that we thought we could make. We were we were running a hundred plus children on Wednesday night, and we we were that space over there is very limited, or whatever. And um, but we're we hope to be launching all of our full all ministries hopefully very very shortly. Uh, We're within weeks, um, not months now, but within weeks. If you notice the discoloration of the old metal and stuff uh steve's got us a new breezeway covered we're going to be working on that we've got some issues with the building so hopefully by what we we're 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 he said don't put me on no time limit but anyhow we we have the new metal ordered for all of that building over there we're going to put a whole new roof on that a whole new look on that a whole revamp in that building to launch our kids and so we're just a few weeks away on that so be patient with us we're very concerned about your children we're going to be doing that. We're going to relaunch the Ignite Age, which is Asher and them. And so I just promise you that the, 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 the the teacher that they have that's going to be working to them is next to none. I don't know anyone better, and um and so uh, so we're excited about launching all of that. So all of that's going to be coming in the in the next couple of weeks. We're going to need volunteers on that. Okay, we're going to uh, do a fresh relaunch of everything upstairs. If you if you've been at this church for a long time, we we completely redid the upstairs, and so but we need some volunteers on that. So we're going to be reaching out on that. There's a lot of things happening in the fall. Okay that's going to come here uh in the fall of the year so i'm excited about that are you excited about that and so uh if you visiting and not part of the family just there's a there's a lot of stuff that's going on and um but for the family i'm excited about the fall of this year i believe the lord is is really going to give us a a clear direction that we're going to walk out not in the next year but in the decade to come so pastor jr i'm very excited about that and so um also, we're going to set up a night of outdoor. You don't want to, you know, the the, when you're a part of this, you say, well, this is just Mark and Emily, but they're a part of this house. They, I mean, they're 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 a part of us. They're just an extension to us in a, in another county. I know that Pastor Chris, he's in a place over in Leesburg, but they're they're. I mean, hey, he's us. You know what I'm saying. I mean, that's that's just our family. You know, our extended family, and so we want to uh, honor them uh, when they're here. But also, we want to honor uh, Mark and Emily. And we're going to do. Uh, they have an amazing place over there, and it's just great for outdoor um, uh, things like that. And it's in the woods, so I like it. We're just trying to wait on the skeeters to die down in the heat. You know, it's. I mean, Jesus. I was. I tried to play uh, some golf. Uh, one day this week, and I thought I was going to have to call the uh, medevac to come get me. I mean, it's just hot, you know. And so so when it cools down, we're looking at a date in September to do a Saturday night outdoor worship set in Lutawissey, Georgia, which is, it'll take you about two hours to get there, but it's well worth the drive, okay? And so those are some of the things that we're looking at. We're going to do a big, large men's event, uh, too, in the, in, the, in the fall of this year. So we'll be coming out with all of that stuff and give you those dates and, and times and things like that. So you excited? All right, about four of you. So let's go. If uh, we can get five, we're going to be good. I don't plan on preaching very long. But I do just want to share one thought, and I actually was going to show you the video, but it's it's, it's just not we just can't this morning cause software issue or whatever. Um, but um, I was I was coming home. I can't. I, I'm trying to think. I know today's Sunday morning. My times is getting me, uh, messed up a little bit, um, and so um, before we get started, too, um, my mother had. Um, had a stroke this week and so she is in memorial and so would you stretch your hands right here and um we're going to pray for my mom we're just going to believe uh total restoration over her body and so father i just thank you lord i just thank you lord that you've always kept you've always kept you've did amazing stuff for my family lord So, Lord, I just speak strength over her body right now. I prophesy into her body, into her spine, into her bones, into her neuropathways, and everything unto her body right now. And I command restoration right now in Jesus' name. I command healing right now in the name of Jesus. Not only her, but everyone in this room right now. I speak healing over your physical body if you're sick in this room by the power of the Holy Spirit right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We command migraines to leave right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We command diabetes to be gone out of this body right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. So we just release healing right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I was on the road, uh, and I was coming back, and I someone had sent me something, and it was it was really if I played it, you might would laugh or whatever. And so I'm not not really, uh, maybe so I shouldn't play it. That's the thing. And um, I knew who the gentleman was um, uh, based on the occupation. He's just in the middle of a field, and he's on this uh, large tractor, and and he's um, he's just working, you know. And um, he sent this to a friend of mine who is uh, battling COVID, and um, and so just had a time with it. And so he's out there, and he's playing a song and um, and I called Matt after this and I couldn't do nothing but cry and I told him I said there's two things that I know will always arrest a room I said that will always arrest an audience and those two things are purity and passion when you see purity on display you can't help but be drawn to it Heidi Baker's eyes are so piercing that she will arrest you in her presence. Come on, y'all. And passion, if you ever see it displayed, you cannot help but to live without it. And so this morning, I'm going after something because I believe that the Lord wants to bring a restoration to some real passion in this room. See, it's so easy to get everything out of balance in life. It's easy to get tilted one way. Paul said it best, and I'm going to get here. He said in Romans 12, uh, uh, 11, he says, Stay steadfast. Stay steadfast in your zeal for the Lord. Because, see, any time you lose the steadfastness of your zeal for the Lord, you what will creep in is steadfast zeal for something else. The counterfeit. Are you with me now? So he said, guard, stay steadfast in your zeal for the Lord. And what drawn me to this video is is this. You and I are in what we call a Pentecostal charismatic environment, right? So in a charismatic Pentecostal environment, we're known for I, I am. I really even feel guilty for saying this, but like, uh, or, or not right saying this, but you, we're supposed to be known for deep water fishermen. And you expect to see exuberant worship in a charismatic church? Come on now, flags flying, people, ex, people. I mean, I mean extolling the Lord, you know, with with great um, fervency or whatever. this is not. This is not this. This gentleman, he doesn't attend a church like this. And by the way, let me say this that I thought we had the, um, I thought we had the cutting edge until about maybe six years ago. I went to a healing school by Randy Clark, and I realized this that there's Catholic, there's Baptist, there's Presbyterian, there's all kind of folk that are hungry for God on the earth. Come on now. And I and I dare say this that in the South, the Pentecostal Church has taken a back seat to what we call the hunger on now, Chris. Am I telling you right here? We go in certain denominations that used to prophesy, speak in tongues, and everything else from the platform, and now that's a silent thing. It doesn't happen or it doesn't exist no more in the church, because what we want to do is be so seeker-friendly, for. because what we really want is crowds and not clouds. We'll do anything to get you in the building, but friend, what I'm telling you, a crowd will never change your life, but if you have one encounter with the cloud, come on, somebody, and the person of Jesus, your life will be forever changed. If you encounter me, you probably, nothing's going to happen happen to you. But if you ever see the hair like wool, the eyes like a flame of fire and the feet like brass, if you ever get along with him, he will pierce you so deeply, friend, that your life will be forever marked and changed. And so so in this, he's sending this message to a friend that's battling COVID. He's on a tractor. No one's looking. This is not going on. This is not going on as his social media, this is not going anywhere. This is just a guy on the tractor. And I got to try to find it here. I'm going to see if I can play it. And you can listen because there's just, and it may not do nothing but to you, but I'm just trying to, I got the mic, it's my story, okay? But listen right here. Yeah, what you said, day? you said turn it up. Oh, what is it? Yeah, look at that. Down, 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 down. Woo! This crazy. Here it is. Like hey, here it goes. Bow, 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 bow. Just see, that's the only way you and I are going to make it through it. Is we're going to worship our way through it. When nobody's looking, when we're not in the church, come on, somebody, and the camera's not rolling, I'm going to say that the dry bones are rattling, and I'm going to worship my way through it. And he gave us great wisdom, and it's not clean, and it's not pretty, but you got to squash that bullcrap. What is the bullcrap you got to squash that you're not worthy of it? Come on, so you going down, that you're going to die of COVID. you got to get up out of that grave and know that Jesus is for you and worship your way through it. Come on somebody. What makes a man in the middle of a field? Come on, and if you can watch the video, he's shaking but he I mean he's on a nice tractor, okay, it's driven by GPS. You know what I'm saying? But his videos is shaking and he's just he's doing it out there in the middle of that field. And what I was drawn to is his passion. The rawness of his passion in the cab of that tractor he's captivated by something and he's captivated by jesus church i'm going to be honest with you we're captive by but we're captivated by a lot but few of us in this room are truly captivated by him but i feel like god has got us on this journey and and I, and I don't have the best language to it that's why like we changed it up on the worship team because we don't want to get in a rut We, we just, there's something that's out there that I'm looking for and it ain't on YouTube and it ain't found in a book it's only found it in the trenches with the Lord and that's what we're after it may not look pretty it may not never sell anything but it's, it's between me and Him Catherine knows I cannot spell, and those that know me know I struggle with it. So I misspell everything. I bought her a real nice Bible one time and had her name put on it and misspelled it. But let me tell you something. I can go, I can go get her a nice card, but I didn't come up with it. Someone's re- receiving money from Hallmark to write what they think. What really moves my wife is a Xerox paper folded in half with my broken English on there. But I'm telling her what I think. So what I'm telling you is in the church, we, we, we've, 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 we've traded passion for perfection. We, we, we've called it, and it's the great, man, I want to call it what it really is, but it's not. It's, it's too dirty to even say it. But we, we've, traded, we've traded purity for excellence. And I'm all about excellence. But let me tell you something. It should never take place of passion. So, so in this, listen to this. It's Psalms fifty-one. I got to read this verse of scripture. And I'm going to go quick with this. But he said, Let my passion for life be restored. This is, look at this. This is David's repentive cry from his sin with Bathsheba. And he's recording a song about it that will be forever sung throughout history. This is his failure. And he's taking us and pointing us to the place of his greatest failure before the Lord. But he goes on to say, He says, God, restore something in me. Restore my passion. Restore my passion. I want to know what it's like. How many of you, when you first got saved, when you first really got into the church, man, you burnt the Bible up. Come on, somebody. You, you, you. When I started out, I didn't know nothing but Southern Gospel, the Gaithers. I'll never forget when I found the Porn of Grace CD. But And I was eating like Porn of Grace up. You know what I'm saying? Avalon. Y'all don't remember nothing like that. It was a song that they used to sing, Can't, can't Live a Day Without You. You know what I'm saying? I played it over and over and over and over. I still do that when I find a song that I love. I'll play it just nonstop. But, but here's the thing. We wasn't Christianized yet. We wasn't, we wasn't molded into the church fitting yet. We just had, we just was in love with the one who we had found. And what happens is we get into church, and it creates this zoo, and it domesticates us, and it pulls the passion out of us. But I feel like what the Lord is looking for is just a raw expression of passion. Tell me how you really feel. I tell Him how I feel, regardless if it's good or bad. I say, God, I re- Father, I really don't want—I don't like what's happening to me right now. I really don't like this place I'm at but I'm learning how to trust him because he's leading me to a place. Bonhoeffer said it like this. He leads the believer to the pathway of complete death because it's only in his death that I'll ever live in the resurrection. But it's so, man. I'm just being honest with you where I'm at. It's so fearful to get down that place of complete surrender. C.S. Lewis said this: the great, the greatest thing that the church told them, the believer, the greatest thing, is to completely surrender to Him. Cause See, I want to live half of it here and half of it there. I'm not talking about one foot in the world and one foot in the church. I'm talking about one foot that I can trust me and one foot that I can trust Him. But we're never going to see what we're talking about till we fully get at that place of surrender and death to Him that we can fully live in the resurrection. So David said, hey, I, I need some work here. I need to be restored into in, in, in taste and joy. In every breakthrough you bring to me, hold me close to you without a willing spirit. I want to read one other thing right here. Go to the book, the Luke's Gospel, the seventh chapter. Luke's Gospel, the seventh chapter. When I say hard things like, YouTube, you gotta understand. I play YouTube nonstop in my house. We had it on too, worship. But what I am saying is, for me, where I feel like the Lord has me, is that I don't want to be conformed into a mold. The, I can't look to YouTube and say this is the mold that God's trying to do in Sparks, Georgia. I appreciate what Bill's done and read in Redding, California, and I honor that to the tenth degree. I've read everything they put into print, but it's not—he doesn't live in Sparks, Georgia. You with me now? All right. Listen this in Luke 7. This is to me, there cannot, if you want to look at the um, um, there, there can be, this is one of the greatest examples of just raw passion that I can find in the in the scripture. But pa- listen this. Passion, would you agree with me? Passion must always look like something. It looks like something. Would you agree with that? If if someone was video in a worship set and everyone was sitting down, trimming their fingernails, scrolling Facebook, or staring in some distant land, would you say to me, that's passion? Huh? No, passion will look like something. It always looks like something. Passion. Listen, to this. According to Webster's Dictionary, is a powerful or compelling emotion or, or emotion or feeling. It's a it's it's a it's a it's a compelling emotion. So I thought that worship worship shouldn't be. Man, you're just trying to work on people's emotions. No, I'm telling you, when something touches you, you will respond to it. There, there has to be a response. Would you not agree with that? Listen to this, Um, Luke 7, verse 36, After a Jewish religious leader named Simon asked Jesus to his home for dinner, Jesus accepted the invitation. And when he went to Simon's home, he took his place at the table. In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman of the streets, known to all to be a prostitute. When she heard about Jesus being in Simon's house, she took an exquisite flask, Made from an, uh, made from uh, from alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume, went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader, knelt at his feet, knelt uh, at the feet of Jesus in front of all the guests, broken and weeping, she covered his feet with her tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair over and over. She kissed Jesus's feet, then she opened her flask and anointed his feet with her costly perfume. As an act of worship, look at verse 39. You could preach from this. When Simon saw what was happening, he thought this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. Jesus said, Simon, I have a word for you. First of all, let's just, let's just stop right here and look at this. If he was a prophet, he would know what manner of woman that was touching him. First of all, let me tell you this, that Simon was aware of the woman's sinful condition, but he wasn't aware of the righteousness that was sitting in the room, which is where the church is. The church is aware of the world's sin, but they're not aware of the antidote to the world's sin, that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Come on. That whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, he sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but through him the world may be saved. So he's totally unaware of the gift of righteousness and the power of righteousness that's in that room. And that woman, come on somebody, who's not trained by the church, knows nothing about the law, all she knows is she heard that is the son of David sitting in the midst, and if it truly is him, then he's got the power to change her life. So she goes in. This is, and I really feel like this. You know that uh, Chris Burns, how many knows who Chris Burns is? I mean, he's holding church in a bar in New Orleans, right? He's still doing that? Holding a church in a bar. Well, first of all, if we did that, they would be every article in the surrounding newspaper wrote about me because we're here in the Bible Belt. Which the difference. I'm oh man, I'm about to quit right, Steve, but I got in trouble. Hold on. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so he's holding church in a bar. You, how many, but let me ask you this what fisherman goes catch fish when you know that there's nothing in the pond? You're going to where the fish is at. He's trying to get outside the walls of the church to get where they're at. Folks that are not sick need not a physician. He's taking the physician to where the needy is. Are you with me? And he's doing it through the power of worship because purity and passion will always captivate the audience. And these people are sitting in here and they're drinking drinks. Come on, have you ever studied the Welsh revival with Evan Roberts? The power of God came so strong that it struck that city so strong. Chris, the writer said that the people at the pubs could not even bend the alcohol to their lips because of God showing up so strong. But what the church is in this uh, where, where we're at, they sold out for this cheap thing called and, and I, I I have to be careful with my language, I'm trying to do the best I can, but they cheapen revival down to a series of meetings. And, and, and Damon talks about this. one of the greatest revivals that, that has happened in my lifetime was what God did at Pensacola and Brownsville. How many ever watched those meetings? Man, I still watch charity, that young girl get up and sing come running and come running come running to the mercy seat and you just begin to weep with everything. But if we pull up at that church today, tonight, you and your wife can't get out of your vehicle and walk a half a mile without getting robbed. That did not bring any lasting effect upon that city. It was a series of meetings. How many remembers in 2008 when the whole Lakeland revival was going on? Remember that? with I remember being in Lakeland when it was still at the church when it was at... um What was that? Strader's church, wasn't it? Stephen Strader's church. When it was at his church and you have people coming from all over the world, people literally flying in from all over the world to be a part of that revival, yet folks serving at the Cracker Barrel knew nothing about what was happening in that city. That told me right then that that, that because of certain websites that that charismatic junkies stay on, that we, we were only affecting the church. We're not beginning to affect the culture around us in the world. So, Simon is drawn to her condition. I just want you to see that. He's drawn to her sinful condition. He's unaware of the power of righteousness in this room. And he's ticked off by her extravagant display of worship because she displayed passion in there. Let me just say this. Zealous people, people that are filled with zeal, will always aggravate us. I remember, Matt. I remember this. We had a lady come to our church when I was pastoring in another city, and she kept getting upset. But how long we sung? Why do you see? She said, "You know, you, you sing the same song. So I I I I catered to her for about maybe two times, and she called me the third time, and she said, "I'm telling you, the worship in here is too loud and it's too long." So I took her to the front, right there where we was at in the city, and I said, I pointed to her a church right there and a church right there. I said, "Ma'am, both of those sing real quiet songs, and they only sing for about fifteen minutes. I suggest you go there, but you not. I'm not here to conform to building what they're already building." Are you with me now? Just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean that I'm here to call to be conformed to what you think worship should be. Man, that's hard language. Right? I better quit. Hold on. <laughs> By the way, we do an outdoor event and my piano player's got hair down. I mean, he got dreadlocks, which I actually prefer that, man. Send me the tattoo the dreadlock. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you got dreadlocks. You remember this? And, 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 and we got a lady that's, I mean, almost threatened to kill him because he can't play I'll Fly Away. But I'm telling you the condition of the church down here is trying to fly away. And Jesus is trying to have encounters with his bride on the earth by wooing us into the chamber. Come on, somebody, where we can get intimate with him and reproduce something here on the earth. The church is trying to leave, and God is trying to get into the church. Oh, i got to quit. Let's go on right here. Jesus says, I'm going to tell you a word. You offended by what's going on, let me tell you a story. i got to tell you a story, and this is going to bring some correction and some truth to what I'm trying to get you to see. He said, go ahead, teacher, I want to hear. It's a story about two men who were deeply in debt. One owed the bank $100,000 and the other other owed $10,000. When it was obvious that neither of them would be able to repay their debts, the kind banker graciously wrote off the debts and forgave them all that they owed. Tell me, Simon, which of the two debtors would be the most thankful? Which one would love me the uh, uh, love the banker the most? Simon answered, "I suppose it would be the one with the greatest debt forgiven." Listen, this—you're right. Jesus agreed. Then he spoke to Simon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Don't you see the woman kneeling here? She is doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as a guest, you didn't think about offering me water to wash the dust off of my feet yet she came into your home yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears then dried my feet with her hair you didn't even welcome me into your home with the customary kiss of greeting but from the moment I came in she has not stopped kissing my feet you didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil but she anointed my head and feet with the finest perfume she has been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown, shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume, my God, that's a good word out of the Passion Translation right there. But those who assume, I don't have time to break that down the way my father taught me how when you assume something. We all see it right here. Listen to this. They have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. Love is the key component in every worship service. Jeremy Riddle says it like this, where there's little love, there will always be little worship. You can tell, you, it, I can tell you right now, open your checkbook register in front of me and I'll tell you what your passions are. It doesn't take long when you pull up at my house. There's a couple of things you will notice very, very much if you pull up my carport today. First of all, there's golf clubs everywhere under there. So we must like golf, okay? And I, I used to play golf all the time, and, and Asher, I love playing with him because he has to get saved about five times on golf course. You know what I'm saying? It, it's hilarious just to go watch, okay? All right? But I, ha- I love to fish. That is, a, that is, that can be, you can look at it and tell I love to fish. By my boat and by, do what now? My shirt, I got a fish on my shirt, and, and I got a ton of fishing rods. You know what I'm saying? I love the fish. But what I'm asking you this morning, what kind of evidence, if we were arrested in this room, what kind of evidence would be put before the court to say they are a passionate follower of Jesus Christ? It's quiet in this room. Maybe I shouldn't have preached like I'm not putting guilt and shame on us. I'm just taking example of my own life saying, God, where am I leaking that passion? Here is a woman that has never known anything in the church, yet she's breaking through doing what they should have been doing the whole time. I'm telling you this, in the days ahead, people are going to come into the church to be radically transformed. And they're going to outrun ones that have been in it for 30 years. Because the ones in it for 30 years have grown accustomed and grown cold to just selling for religious games and religious activities instead of being captivated by Him. I always have to put it on my own test. God, where's my passions at? You know what I'm saying? I looked at that video, and said, "God, here's a man that has never been in a charismatic service. He don't know nothing." To, I'm just, I'm, I'm out there. He probably knows more than I'm. What I'm saying? I mean, he never know what it's like to cast cast demons out of prophesy or things such as this. You know what I'm saying? And this man is captivated and he's telling another brother, you got to worship your way through it. You got to worship your way through it. You got to cut this on in your house and you got to squash that mess and tell it to go in the name of Jesus and rise up out of that hole and you got to worship. Come on, somebody. And yet most of our Sunday mornings, we want—we don't want to worship. We want a band that's excellent enough to perform enough for us to make us feel good to get into worship. But worship is something big on my heart is because you don't have to be an apostle. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a great teacher. You don't have to be anything to throw your hands up and give adoration unto God. And it is what we should do by anointing the head every time we come together. This is not the most important part of the service. But that has been the hardest thing to turn here. It's like everyone, I'm just I'm pastoring us a little bit this morning, but it's like everyone's waiting on when is Pastor John gonna speak? You've missed the whole point of the service. But it's about gathering together to lift up his name. Like we did in this room this morning, man. Till the word of the Lord comes forth and say, What is the word of the Lord, Father? Father, what are you saying this morning? What I want you to say, that what I'm saying this morning is I'm faithful. Tell the people I'm faithful. My promises are yes and amen. And we started drawing into that. And then the Lord just started ministering to us. What was happening is we was anointing the head together. So you should have done this, but you didn't. You assume that you don't have to be forgiven of much because now we're in the church and we all look good and we just assume we got it all together. So now since I'm such a mature believer in the Lord, I don't have to worship like I did when I started out. Friend, I can't live like that. Man, I know this is true, but I remember used to having to call in on my job because we had computers in our truck and they tracked us. I would have to call in to the girls, the front office of the phone company, and say, I'm I'm so messed up that I can't even drive this vehicle just because I was captivated by him. Friend, I'm telling you, that's available to you 24-7 every day of your life. If you're waiting for it on Sunday morning, let me give you a news flash. You're missing it, friend. He's available to you anytime you want him. All you got to do is call out. Don't tell I, I love it. This is what we said saying to himself. Well, I wish I was closer to the Lord. you exactly where you want to be at with God. i say it again. You are exactly where you want to be at with the Lord right now. If you make any move, I'm telling you, friend, he is like a gazelle ready to jump over every mountain, every darkness you've got. He's just waiting on you to turn towards him. It was most is that he set up the burning bush the, the scripture says when he turned aside that's all you gotta do you don't gotta make a big, big say I'm gonna do a 40 day fast or read the whole bible in 6 weeks no all you gotta do is turn your eyes towards him Look at Nebuchadnezzar, struck down, feathers coming off his back. He's like a wild beast in the fields, Chris. But I love the way the King James says that when his eyes turned toward heaven, he returned back into himself. Father's not looking for nothing. All he's looking for your heart is to be turned towards him. And what he's saying this morning listen, I want to get after the affections. The little foxes are spoiling the vine, they're eating the fruit, they're eating, they're drinking the wine. Return and refocus your affection. That's what I hear him say. So I'm almost done. So little love is always going to produce little worship. Psalm 69 and 9. Listen to this. The zeal for your house has consumed me. Ask yourself that question. The zeal for the house of God has consumed me. Again, I'm not putting guilt on no one in this room. But I, I, I struggle with this. I love God, but I really don't, I really don't have a passion for church. I, I don't, I, maybe, maybe someone has to teach me something. Maybe there's, maybe there's something new that I'm missing in my, in my personal time with the Lord. But it is one of my greatest passions. But they, if, they, if I fall, if, if they preach my funeral next week, you will never, gentlemen, they will never be able to grab this mic and say, Daddy said, we have to go to church. Before I ever had a mic, I longed to be with God's people. It's quiet up in this room. But the fact that we can lay out for months on end is a sign that we got a passion problem. It is a sign that we got an affection problem. First of all, if you believe, whatever is busy in our lives, if you believe God was able to keep that which you was entrusted to him, you would apply Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things would be added unto us. That means if I seek him first, God will make sure everything that I need in my category will be taken care of if I keep him first. Come on, church. Am I in the Bible right here this morning? We thin in the crowd down. But if we will add this, it, my, my zeal, he said, the zeal for your house has consumed me. Now let's look at this further. In Matthew chapter 21, I'm preaching this. Uh, you ain't got to read it. Just look at it for homework. In Matthew chapter 21, the Bible says Jesus comes in the triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem. And he enters into his father's house. He enters into the temple. And as he enters into the temple, the scripture says that they were selling merchandise in the church Jesus gets angry takes a whip starts I mean tearing them up in the name of the Lord right which is, goes against my little Sunday school Jesus you know what I'm saying now we say Holy Ghost is such a gentleman he'll never do anything to you but yet he about killed Paul when he threw him down impacted him on the road to Damascus y'all ain't in that book right we get there and see Ananias and Sapphira and ask him if the Holy Ghost is a perfect gentleman after he dropped him dead I can't, I'm in Bible. we all right? Huh? Now, let me ask you something. Do you think that Peter had to stand up and, and pistol whip the church after Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead? No, that's why you go and read it and that they did not dare join themselves towards him. That means like me and Chris would be down at the restaurant and you went on by, you wouldn't even walk in there trembling. I'm buying the book. Oh, God, there's Junior's house. I want him right by Junior's house. I mean, you know, just trembling. (laughs) Jesus goes in. The zeal for his father's house has consumed him. Now, here's what I want to draw you to. How many services in on out did the people walk in and they never saw what Jesus saw? They had become accustomed to the condition of where they were at. I used to read Leonard Ravenhill's book, Why Revival Tarries, every year. Every January, I would start with that book because it is such a plumb line sword that will just cut right through you. And I would think if he was here today, he died in 1994, one of the last interviews I got to watch him, a man whose knees was completely calloused over from prayer. He says, prayer is so great And so deep that not even the greatest theological mind could ever explain prayer. But it's so simple that a child can do it. And you look at messages that Leonard Ravenhill preached to what you hear in today's mainstream Christianity. And there's a chasm so great that I don't know if they could ever be bridged. And that we would call that—that's just religion, hard preaching. I understand that some of the revelation may be incomplete, but the passion that he had for prayer, and the passion that he had—and one of his quotes is this: "A minister who prays two does a pray two hours a day is not worth a dime, a dozen degrees, or no degrees." I love what, what Smith Wig- Howard Carter wrote about Smith Wigglesworth. He said that he never prayed any longer than fifteen minutes. But he said he never went 15 minutes without prayer it's not about it's not about the religious game of running through a list in a prayer closet somewhere as much as it is about total communion with the lord we were on the golf course the other day and i was getting whipped so i started grabbing my clubs zack said no sir he said you're not gonna cheat like that <laughs> I was looking for divine able, enablement. See, I guess the Pentecostals just got real upset with me right there because you can't speak in tongues unless God come grab you and throw you down on the floor and make you speak in tongues. Neither can you dance unless, you know, I mean, the Holy Ghost is so thick on you, he pushes you out to do dance. And we don't read the Bible where it says David danced before the Lord with the power of all his might, 2 Samuel. With all his might. You got to start out with, with something that you know in obedience unto the Lord, and then God will supply that which is needed. I right, so listen to this: so they, he comes in into the thing. So here's the deal: so that means that we can't we we can't sell tumblers, coffee cups, hoodies, or anything else in the church, and we can't sell CDs because Jesus got upset. Do you think that's what He was going after? What He was going after is what they were selling. They were selling the doves and all the sacrificial items needed for worship. You with me? And so what they did was devalued worship that it did not cost you anything anymore. Now you could just go just offer up your money and just get it and you go do the sacrifice. So when Jesus... When when, when we we teach on the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of praise is not, well, I don't feel good this morning, Pastor Junior. I had a rough week, so I'm going to lift up my hands in adoration unto God. The sacrifice was the very best that you had in the old covenant. It was what you took and you raised up, and it was the best thing that you had to offer. Come on, y'all with me? It's quiet I'm not beating nobody up, okay? I'm, I'm putting the plumb line to my own heart right here, okay? There's a lot of things that John, where I'm at, I'm just saying that I feel like the Lord is wanting to restore passion. Now, let me let me bring some some truth to this. David said this. He said that remember when he was going to purchase the threshing floor from Arno and he was going to offer sacrifices there. And Arno said, I'll tell you what, David, because of who you are, you know, you're the pastor or whatever, he said, I'm going to give you this piece of land. David replied back to him and he said, he said, I will pay full price for the land because I cannot offer God that which doesn't cost me something. So what I'm trying to tell you, when people grab the mic and the Lord shows up on their testimonies because they cost them something, they didn't get that off. They did not get that off the, um, out of a book. They did not get that off the Elijah list. It came from their own life. When Junior tells a story about that he was told that he could not have a child, and that when they did have Amanda, that things looked so bleak and so dim. I remember Pastor Dale saying that just like this, that everything in him medically said that that child was going to die. But he could not look at you and say, Junior, I don't think she's gonna make it. You know, All they had was the word that came forth. All they had was what God said. And Junior never caved in. And a child that is what, less than two pounds, correct? Less than two pounds could hold her in the palm of your hand. Less than two pounds could hold her in the palm of his hand. Played and every doctor to come and said, this, this, it, it don't look good. He would, no, listen, this is what God said. Before she ever come out, before she ever got pregnant, this is what God said. Now today he could stand up and give that testimony, and God's going and folk going to get pregnant in the room that is trying to have a baby. Come on, somebody! And and the power of God's going to happen. Why? Because he walked through that. That's that 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 cost him something. So let me say this: If the worship in which we're offering, if it doesn't cost us anything, it ceases to be worship. Come on, y'all. I have to take in fact. If, if it doesn't cost me nothing in the room, then it ceases to be worship. And everything, I'm just like you. i got three kids. Daddy, 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 daddy. Occasionally, John, can you take care of this? John, can you do this? John, can you do that? I got that, got that, got that. Pastor, my life is falling apart. Sister, mama's had a stroke. She's on the way to Memorial. I live the same life you live, friend. God don't got no special wings on my back. I'm not, I'm not out of adversity. I have to raise my kids the same way you do. Everything's coming to get my attention. Of what I'm telling you the only thing that's going to test this test of time is not the trophies we get for our kids come on you better listen to what I'm telling you it's what we can give them in the eternal realm of what we've gone after in our relationship with god don't you be fooled by handing them a bowl of soup at the end of your life and say we had a bunch of memories down in Florida or some or some baseball tournament or some offshore fishing trip thank god for that I'm not knocking that I'll be doing I'll be doing that plenty are you with me now but what we'll hand them is this son when we didn't know how we were going to make it. God came through. Come on, somebody. I want to hand them the eternal things that God has impacted me. The stories where we were up against the wall, Junior, we didn't know how we were going to do it. When the doctor report said this, but yet Yahweh came through and this is what he did. That is the stuff that will hand down generation after generation after generation. And if we don't bring an adjustment to where we're at now, Chris Valatin, I'm done. He shares a story where he was taken into a vision. They were standing in this great room of like this castle-like place. And there's this huge oil painting. You know if you go to the parish house, there's some big oil paintings at the parish house. I don't know why they don't have one of me in there, but they just don't yet. But anyhow. So he hears this conversation going on. And there's this big old painting of him and Kathy on the wall, up on the wall. And he hears this conversation and he sees this group of people. And they say this, all of this was started by your great, great, great grandfather and grandmother, Chris and Kathy. Friend, I leave you with this. Our decisions that we're making today is impacting generations that we will never see. What if you hand them a pile of wealth but you don't have a story to tell with it? What if they are the next Derek Jeter on the ball field but they don't have a clue about Yeshua? The boat we have now, what my boys saw was this. When we saw it, I got down on my hands and like on my knees, and I said, Father, if this is the one that we're supposed to have, you're going to give it to us in the name of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? But I said, Father, every time they get on this, they're going to know of your goodness. <laughs> Father, with every fish that comes over the side, let them know your goodness. Every time they lay down, let them know, Father, you are a great provider. You will never leave them out in the cold. When we left, when we left everything behind and put it all in a U-Haul to come to a rental house in Kent Thomas with everything that God adds to my family, I let them know we don't leave houses we don't leave lands, we don't leave brothers, we don't leave sisters, mothers or fathers, Mark 10, that we shall not receive a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come. Are you with me now? With everything that comes, listen to me, i let them know, listen, with everything that destiny always pays dividends and all you have to do is trust him. Live your life with your hands open, friend, are you with me now? If I live my life with my hand open, with my hand open. See, if you live with your money like this, that's all it's ever going to be. That's all it will ever be. It can never be above this. Are you with me now? But if I will walk and serve him, just like this, if I walk and serve him just like this, if he ever pulls it out of my hand, he's not a taker, he's a giver. That means he's coming back with it, pressed down, shaking up, multiplying and running over. And if it's a season out of my hand, the enemy will try to make and convince me the father's a taker. See, I've learned that now. I'm, I'm educated some in some areas of my life, Chris, and I know now that's the voice of Adam. Father's never a taker. He's always a giver. And I'll say, Adam, you lying devil inside. No, that ain't that ain't true. You died on the cross, but the correct lens is my father's good. Lord, raise your hands. We were telling a story the other night of, hey, put, put all that back up in there. Don't spend it now, but put it all in there. You'll never have to worry about him. If you gave him a million dollars a day, you come back five years from now, he'd be made five with it and ain't spent spend a dime. That's the way he is. Grant would be on the shopping spree ASAP. He'd be leaving before we close the service out. And if stores that are closed, he will be calling them, offering them more money to open them up. But I don't need any more, so nobody don't try to jump on me and shoot me. But I used to tote a good bit of cash. Matter remember this. So we had children's church one Sunday morning. And they come in there with their little children's offering or whatever. And they bought, bought close, I mean, it was several, it was, huh? There was $1,000 taken up in children's church. I'm talking about li- little kids. Like we got upstairs right here, four to six-year-olds. I said, the $1,000, I mean, my God, I know God's blessed me, but now this is out the children's church, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, that I sort of praise God, Psalms 8 and 2. Then I got to noticing the kids was running around the church, $100 bills. Man, I remember we drove my truck that morning. Man, I went out in my glove box. Bag was open. Money all in the church. Said, Hold on. Listen, this is not a miracle from God. <laughs> this ain't out of the mouth of babes or something. Grand Isaac, come here. Did you go in daddy's glove box? Did you get in that bag? Yes, sir. But hey, he was giving in the name of the Lord. I said, I'm sorry, but he gaveth, but I'm taking right now in Jesus' name. Nobody don't leave in any guilt and shame. Let me tell you what I learned through Tommy Tenney in his book, The God Chasers. You can't know more, no more than you can come up here and squat a thousand pounds than you walk out of this service and say, I'm going to have more passion for God in the morning. It takes His passion coming upon you to give you the passion to give it back. Look at, Father, how great he is, y'all. He commands us to love him with his whole heart, with our whole heart. But he knows we can't do it unless he enables us to do it. So he baptizes us in love so that we can love him back. So here's what it does. Father, you know right where I'm at. I'm stressed out in every area. Some of you in this room are beyond stressed out. Take Matthew 6 to heart and trust yours to Him. Just minister to Him. He'll take care of yours. You with me? It's just that simple. All I have to do, Steve, is take care of Him. He takes care of me. And then He tells me this. He says, You consider the sparrow. They neither toil nor work. They're not freaked out. The lily of the field, He's not freaked out. Father's taking care of it every day. How much more Are you to me than that sparrow? So, Father, I pray today. Touch my heart with passion. Recalibrate some things in me. Recalibrate some things. Readjust some things. What I can do as a dad is go home and say, listen to this. That's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. And I set the standard, the plumb line. So, Father, I pray you restore something. Restore something right now. Baptize us in your love. Baptize us in your passion. Restore. Restore. Let restoration happen. Restore. As Psalms 23 says, Thou restoreth my soul. Restore my passion. For life. Bring joy in every breakthrough. Let it happen in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now raise your hands and say this. Say, I receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. Say this with me. I will not live under guilt and shame. I will trust Him. And live in his goodness. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Stand up with us right quick. We're going to pray for her. Um, we're going to pray for her grandfather. All right? Come on, just bring a whole family up here. Let's pray over. hmm I just wanna Okay. Yeah, we can pray for him. Here, you grab hold of this. You're going, you're going. You know that was, you know who gave me that? Pastor Rod Parsley gave me that. And I know this. He's seen a ton more miracles than me. But you know what? The same, it's the same God who works the miracles. Whether it's for Pastor Parsley, Benny Hinn, John Bagley, or J. It's the same God. And it's the faith. It's, it's raw faith. It ain't this handkerchief. It's not the oil. It's faith in the finished work of Jesus. It's faith. And I see faith in you. You've always had faith. You've always come to the front. It don't matter if you miss six weeks or a year, you're coming to the front. That's a call on your life. You are special. Don't you let nobody tell you no different. The hand of God's on your life. If I've ever seen the hand of God on the child, it's on your life. You take this you lay this handkerchief on him and you say cancer you leave now in Jesus name you command it to go don't you, you don't have to ask you say a command because the kingdom comes and responds to commands it responds to faith And, Father, I pray that you dispatch the angels of heaven right now over James. And, Lord, as she lays this handkerchief by faith, we command that sickness to go in the name of Jesus. Father, you sent your word to heal them. And you said in Acts 19, extraordinary miracles was wrought by the hands of Paul and the apostles so that handkerchiefs were taken and the sick was made whole. So today we release this by faith in Jesus' name. I bless her right now. In Jesus' name, I pray for this whole family, Lord, right now. In the name of Jesus, do amazing things, amazing things, and we trust you for it right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, give God a great God bless you. Come on, patty cake him. Patty cake him like that's a miracle. In the name of Jesus. Come on, raise your hands one more time. Father, we love you. Father, Done not send us a child here this morning. Remind us of his healing power. I'm telling you, church, Father, restore some passion right now in this room and in our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, we trust you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you here on Sunday morning. We hope you enjoyed our weekly message. Thank you for joining us. We want to connect with you. Please visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc where you can find our social media information and directions to download our smartphone app. This will keep you connected to all things Cornerstone. We pray that you have a wonderful week.